finished at Sunderland. Manchester United have done all they can. That Rooney goal was enough for the three points. Manchester City are still alive here. Balotelli, Aguero! those of you that don't know that was Sergio Aguero scoring a last minute winner against QPR for Man City to take the title away from United Wilson what do you remember from that moment I, I just remember watching it actually watching it at school uh, watching it with a good friend Tom Carr who um, he's a he claims he's a Man United fan but he's not I don't think he's the biggest Man United fan but for that day he was very much a Man United fan and I was kind of you know season was over for me you know Everton were nowhere near the, the top two but um, I remember watching with him just on our laptops and God, he was devastated were they and still in the Premier comical. League at that time Everton yeah yeah but I think Everton are, I think they're one of three, only three clubs that actually have only they've always been in uh, in the first division uh, some stuff like that I mean someone who's listening will fact check me but I think they're actually a more successful club over the last 50 years than Chelsea so very good club Everton just not in recent years How, How's your Champions League trophy going? Champions League yeah it's going well going well a couple of seasons yeah. a long time plan with Ancelotti but you know he's getting the boys working well I mean, very very tight nil draw against Liverpool last weekend and then a very very good uh, 1-0 victory as a very tough bottom of the league side Norwich midweek it's so. not the most interesting football is it 0-0 <laughs> 1-0 yeah. two, two clean sheets I mean that's all you can ask for unbeaten season next season not my words but as I said Everton just drew 0-0 drew against the champions to be uh, Liverpool and we're recording this on a um, on Wednesday, I think they, they could theoretically win the league tonight if Man City do not beat Chelsea. But yeah, Roy, do you think Liverpool to win the league? Do you think it's going to have the same gloss on it as a normal season, or do you think you know it's going to be always with a little asterisk next to it? I thought you were just about to ask me whether I thought Liverpool would win the league. And I think, <laughs> yeah. I think a few people would, you know, say I don't pick the biggest odds winners. But I mean, that would that would yeah, I, that would be what I'm backing. I, I think you know what people remember this season forever, right? The season that got interrupted by coronavirus. And I just feel sorry for all those Liverpool fans out there who've been waiting such a long time, forever in fact, to get their first Premier League title. And, you know, they won't be able to celebrate Anfield or, you know, with the, with the, with the other fans. Yeah, yeah, there's a, a fan, fan base community. I mean, yeah, it's obviously the first Premier League title and obviously many first division titles. That's but, why I said Premier League. Yeah, I know, I know. I just I don't, didn't back your knowledge to actually think that's actually what you meant I think you just read a BBC Sport article and um, or oh, an S-word article and uh, and uh, assumed that but um, yeah I agree I think it is kind of comical from an Everton fan's point of view just like the whole thing about winning the league is you kind of come together as a, as a community of fans and that's why the players want to win it for the fans and that's why um, that's why the fans for their club to kind of be there whether it's at the stadium whether it's for the parades afterwards whether it's all these kind of mass gathering celebrations but now it's just going to be them, their mum, their dog back at home, just kind of just celebrating with a with a, with a few beers. Well, well, I'm sure some Liverpool fans may may find some sneaky other ways to kind of actually have proper celebrations. But I think it's not the season they would want to be uh, winning their first it's not, Premier it's League not the title. Way you want to win, but then again, you know, it's a Premier League title, and you you, you don't say no to them. Can I ask you as a Chelsea fan though? Are you, are you um, hopeful of challenging for the title next season, or you still think Liverpool and City are a bit too far ahead? I mean, you just signed 
Timo Werner, your Zierczek coming in. I mean, the squad's young, exciting, and um, with the squad a... is very young and exciting. You're right, and I think you know, I think there are a few more signings to come from Lampard, but I think I think yeah, I think we will be up there. You know, top two, top three. I think you know what we will definitely be challenging for it. I think it will be a lot closer than it has been here. I think City will be will come back a lot stronger, and I also think Liverpool's kind of moment in the sun will will end up, and you know what they won't be as strong as they are this season yeah well maybe I, I, I personally think if Klopp's still there you know it's gonna it's gonna be tough to derail them but we will see but anyway yeah that was obviously Aguero's um, last minute win against QPR back in 2012 and welcome to the season finale of the first season of the S Word podcast I mean it's been a great season Rory hasn't it? I mean you know Highlights, any particular podcast down out for you? Yeah, well, it's, well, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, I think my favourite podcast has to be probably Mr. Andy Good. I thought it was very interesting to find out behind the scenes of, you know, one of the highest, you know, performing athletes or ex-performing athletes that has been in the in English rugby. Yeah, he, he was, I, I really enjoyed it just because it gave us an insight into what professional sport was like, maybe... 10, 15 years ago, which we just in the pre-social media era. But also, I find it, I find it interesting because I'm, I'm a big fan of his podcast, The Rugby Pod. And he's always the one, I mean, he gives a bit of insight at the beginning of each podcast, but he's always the one in, being the interviewer rather than being the interviewee. And it was actually good to hear, hear like in depth his stories and he'll just able just to, I mean, he talk, he could, he's a talker, isn't he? I mean, he was, he was not. I, I think he's, <laughs> I think he, yeah, you say he's, he's naturally a funny guy and I think he, was really useful for the podcast and you know it was great to hear what he has to say it was it was but what about what about Don Best coming on I mean that that was definitely a particular highlight for me because I, I thought he was obviously a current he's an up and coming I think he's only 20 22 23 years old potential future England star so it, I, I really enjoyed getting his insight from what it was like to tour out well, in well, South you know, Africa I'm and all sh- that I'm sure when Dom you know as, as we all hope finally makes it onto the big, big stage. I'm sure he'll remember us and, you know, send over some tickets our way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I would say I hit the, um, I had a net session last night and I think during the podcast, I somehow almost had the cheek to compare my um, off-spinning to his off-spin bowling back when we were slightly younger. And I can certainly tell you that he has maybe gone down the more professional route and my bowling has deteriorated, deteriorated year on year. And I've been playing cricket for 15 years, before and I was, it was actually, it was awful. So I had to try to go into a bit of a, a fast bowler, but even that wasn't Do good. Do you think but... <laughs> when, you, when you did compare your bowling to his, it kind of actually insulted him? And that's maybe why he's not replying to any of your DMs, your texts, your calls, your, you know, every message on social media. I, I think during the podcast, you can tell I kind of made the remark and there was about a five, five minute pause before he kind of gave an answer because I probably in the back of his mind he was just thinking yep I have no idea who you are no idea. we probably did not play against each other <laughs> and, and I'm playing for England right now and yeah you're and not you're basically not. <laughs> yeah, no, I, th- I not think the editor on that one did a very good job it made it sound <laughs> like he was actually interested in what you had to say yeah exactly yeah it's, it's, it's been an really really fun um, doing the podcast because I mean, we, we initially set out the S word just kind of doing the um, actual the actual blogs, which we'll come to in a minute. But the podcast has been a way which I think is, is everyone just everyone just loves a good podcast, don't they? And we just we've enjoyed chatting to them. We've had some very decent guests, and we've enjoyed talking about the members' articles. I think this is this will be our eighth episode in the season. So it's this, been this a, is the eighth, and you know what? We're already planning for season two. 
exactly we've already got stuff in the pipeline but we know we'll build we'll build that hype as it comes as you said earlier was moving on to the articles the members articles for the s-word any favorites any ones that stand out well i'll, I'll firstly i'll like to just yeah highlight the fact that James um, Pitson Turbeful, um, who um, who might be a special guest on this uh, podcast later, he wrote, so he wrote the fiftieth members article. So before I get to your question, like how it's mental the fact that fifty of our you know the S word, let's call it the community, the members, they've gone out of their way during lockdown, during coronavirus, and they've written on the topics which interest interest them, and people seem to really enjoy it. Um, writing the articles, and I've 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 absolutely loved reading the members' articles um, in particular. But my favourite was probably, I think I've got to say, Ed Sayers ranking the top 10 English test batsmen since 2005. I first enjoyed the fact that there was a lot of chat and a lot of debate about um, Gary Balance's inclusion, which I, I still I give him a bit of credit if you're looking at the stats of um, but I. Uh, yeah, there was a, there was a lot of backlash from from that, but also it was I I just yeah the love the the comparison between the greats of like the, between the Cooks and the Petersons uh, and who's the best. Oh, that was for me number one, but very hard to pick. And what about yourself, Roy? I mean, when we were you know deciding what we're going to talk about for this uh, season finale, we wrote down our favorite article, our favorite blog, our favorite S athlete, and I actually myself wrote down Ed says Test Eleven. Really? I think you're right. The banter, the debate, and you know what? It's the, and that's why we created this to to you know create debate with it amongst the sports fans and the sporting world. Definitely, but I'm like, so we both. I can't believe you you done Ned says as well, but that's yeah. I've got cr- it written the, down here. The, the, I would the, show you, but it's a podcast. <laughs> the cricket ones have seemed to have gone down well. I think um, there's a there's a large cricket community amongst the S word um, followers, but. There's been a couple of rogue ones as well, rogue sports, which I've really kind of enjoyed. I mean, right back, I think it was, it was in the first um, first ten members' articles. It was Jack Beckford writing on camel racing. Camel, oh, that and, was incredible. I loved it, and I I just really enjoyed that and how the the technology in camel racing is more evolved than the Western world of horse racing. Whether it's like robots on the camels to see whether they was just the the camels are the fastest or the jockey makes a difference as well. So I thought I thought that. Would, that was really good. Potentially, in some races, more money than the big ones over, you know, in the horse world. Exactly, exactly. Any any um slightly more niche sports which kind of stand out to you, Roy? On the members athletes, I had I really enjoyed. You're going to hate me saying this, but Tim Wilson's uh, on the bobsleigh. <laughs> I think it was really interesting to see from the win- the winter world of sports, and you know, gain an insight into what it's like becoming, uh, you know, training from the beginning and getting your actually getting your teeth into a sport which you never got into before. Yeah, no, that that was good. I'm, I'll make sure I'm um, I'm not around him when he listens to the podcast. Um, otherwise, uh, so just well, yeah, give, give him a pat on the back, would you? <laughs> yeah, well, socially well, distanced. Of course. What do you want, from my dad? Do you want him? Do you want, do you want him to give you a job or something? Well, when I come down to yours next week, I'll be <laughs> But yeah, no, it was. It was what about you? Any any more rogue ones which you can think of? Um, that stand out. Well, the, recently we had over the last week, Henry Parnell did um, a great article on technology and sport, which is 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 always going to be an issue. And those who haven't um, read the article, it's to do with the the evolving technology, whether it's like the running shoes, whether it is the swimsuits uh, which people are wearing, and how it is very difficult to compare a sports person of 
of like this decade compared to someone back in um, the, let's say the 70s or 80s because they got different sporting equipment but our, my personal thought is that technology should evolve as much as it can i mean that's the same in any kind of way of life whether it's like actual technology like phones and wi-fi um but oh, do you work <laughs> and i work for the s word and i thought the sacrifice of not being able to compare athletes from different generations is one which you kind of got to take if you can keep on seeing records being broken you can keep on seeing athletes getting stronger faster fitter and i think that makes them a better spectacle um and he he highlights those points and i thought it was fascinating he did highlight kipchoge's um the what are they called the vapor flies i think i'm sorry um the listeners if i'm wrong on that one that's been banned after his um sub two hour marathon but that that is just us picking was it four or five out of out of the 50 i mean but a lot, i mean a lot of people have commented just how high the quality of writing has been for all and of the I, articles and i think i think you know i was on the phone to the web designer the other day and i think it's you know testament to the articles that we have actually just reached twenty five thousand views across the website which I think it's a huge achievement for all the authors on the website and the S athletes and the podcast. So I think that's incredible. And what what fraction of that twenty five thousand are your mum? How many? How many is, is Tracy just? Is Tracy just on the whole time? She's just uh, giving you the, the the support from the touchlines. Yeah, well, actually, Tracy read your article and. Kind of <laughs> and which I think is actually the least read article on the page. That's fine. Stick to management, Wilson, rather than writing. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Right, so our first guest this week is James Picton Turberville. James had the honour of writing our 50th members article, which is saying something in itself that we've managed to get 50 members articles in the last couple of months since um, kicking off. So, James, firstly, before we go into your article, just did you feel honoured to be the 50th uh, members article? Well, actually, obviously, it's a massive privilege. I'd like to say I was asked to write the 50th article as a, some kind of uh, commission that you did. But in fact, I think it, that would be disingenuous. It's actually just that it took me two months to <laughs> write it. So, <laughs> it uh, yeah, well, I think you, you were, as we were looking for first authors to kind of like get the yes word kickstarted, I thought... Which of my mates did um, English at university? Which of them's a sports yeah. fan? I think you were yeah. probably within the first five people I asked to uh, to, to, to do yeah, an article. Well, so I mean, <laughs> It's kind of you to identify me as a suitable writer, and I can only apologise for the fact that it took me so long. Obviously, no piece of art has ever finished, merely abandoned. So I have now abandoned it two months later <laughs> in your inbox. Two months later, but well worth the wait. Well, we'll see. We'll see what people think. It's had some positive feedback, some negative. My mum read it last night and said, uh, after a little while, uh, James, this does go on a bit. And to be honest, my mum is uh, saying that. It's probably you know, a bit of a red, red flag. Well, for, the, for, the, for those who either haven't read it or maybe got a quarter through and then stopped reading it, would you mind just, just giving, the, giving the listeners uh, a quick overview in, um, in short form about what you've tried to explore with your article? Good luck. Oh, me? Oh, I thought you were saying you did. Oh, that's a very unenviable task. Um, sorry, why? I think it's best coming from the author himself. 
Yeah, probably. Uh, what I did, <laughs> what I did was to try and fill that hole. The kind of discussions you might have over a pint in the pub, which obviously we're, we're lacking at the moment. Uh, I thought I'd try and have that discussion sort of with myself, one of those hypothetical ones. So I thought about. Actually, I was watching the test. I was thinking about which whether I'd like to be an Australian pace bowler. Um, Rory, you've seen some of my bowling. Yeah. It's erratic, to say the least. And so then I thought, what what other kind of types of sportsmen might I like to be? And, you know, you watch The Last Dance and you see the bulls having a good time. And so I thought, why not write an article about it? And then began writing in what can only be described as a kind of fit, that fit of lockdown madness. And so it has quite a strange opening, and I've set up quite a strange situation, I guess. But then basically go through exploring different eras of different sports and what type of sports person I would want to be. And in the end, I did settle for an Australian pace bowler, but didn't really discuss them too much in the article. What was it about the Australian pace bowler life that, you know, drew, drew towards it? Probably there's a great video. I think it's called something like Mitchell Mitchell Johnson throwing thunderbolts at the England team. And what would have that that would have been the 2010 Ashes, maybe? Were there Ashes in 2010? Who knows? Yeah, that was I think that was when I was over in Australia. Yeah, yeah. And I just thought the sight of him steaming in with his handlebar moustache was so terrifying that that is precisely the sort of thing I would want to do as someone who. I don't think could be described as hugely frightening on the sports pitch. So then I thought, thought a bit about previous Australian pace so bowlers. So you thought of Mitchell Johnson with um, handlebars rather than uh, Mervyn Hughes? Well, it's funny you should say that. He was the other person I was thinking about. And actually, there was a real focus he, on Mervyn's. I did say that. So, so mentioned, yeah, the, the, was it Mervyn, the curling, uh, the swerving? Oh, yeah. So the, the great thing about the name Mervyn King is that I think there are three separate people with Wikipedia pages under that name. So obviously you've got Mervyn <laughs> King, finance man, uh, then also Swervy Mervy. No, that's wrong, actually. He's not called Swervy Mervy, I think. Merv the Swerve is Merv Two months. King. Two months in, we thought you'd know this by now. <laughs> yeah. it is two months of solid research. <laughs> yeah. So Mervyn Hughes did, did cross my mind a lot, and I actually incorrectly in one draft referred to Mervyn Davis as Mervyn Hughes, but Mervyn Davis is a Welsh number eight without a handlebar moustache, where Mervyn Hughes is an Australian pace bowler. So he definitely subliminally was in my thinking for the end result, but he doesn't get a mention in the article. But there are so many Mervyns. I'd quite, quite like to just touch on your... You identified how different sporting positions are named. Yeah. Then, yeah. Like, can you just, I, I thought, I've never thought of it this way before. Can you just give a quick, just uh, explanation of where you're kind of going for with that? What are you going for with that? Well, I was sort of thinking as I was writing, which is something you should never really do. I don't think you should probably do your thinking and then write. But it is an interesting area because I think the language around sport is very interesting and the kind of metaphors that are used. Obviously, it's quite criticised now the way people talk about sport as though it's a battle or something that's quite a common language to talk about it in. And then other people say comparing sportsmen to soldiers is ridiculous. But I think the names of positions are really interesting because 
you use them so often when talking about sport and obviously what a position is called does actually affect your impression of it and that role quite a lot so I became quite interested in how you name different positions because if you if you for a moment think about how you might rename a position in any given game that would be quite hard I think yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's what I was thinking about so in the article talk about the way that positions are often And and if you haven't quite grasped it from that, go and have a read of the article. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what I'd say is positions are categorised by either the the location on the pitch, so a winger or wing in rugby, or by their job description, like a sweeper in football, or maybe have one of those in hockey. And then you get these weird other positions like number 10 in football which cow corner cow corner exactly where it's harder to to know by the position what the role actually is and then if you try to define their role that can often be very difficult and an endless task that i did take on so i think perhaps in in another world where i was a bit wiser i probably would have written an article just on the naming of positions but I wasn't <laughs> wasn't smart enough to do that uh, well I didn't get into cricket fielding positions though because that is an interesting area I think well, maybe maybe the next article you're writing uh, maybe for the 100th uh, members article <laughs> we can do it on a uh, cricketing fielding positions but get to work in the next couple yeah. of days but but uh, thanks, James, for coming, come, kind of coming on the podcast and just kind of a little quick overview on a couple of snippets of your article. But please do, no, um, please, yeah, please do head over to go and read it if you haven't already. But yeah, thanks for coming on, James. It's been an absolute no, pleasure. Thank but, you yeah. very much, Roy. Thank you, Archie. Always a pleasure. So our second special guest on our season finale podcast is Mr. Edward Bigot. We were actually fortunate that Ed wrote an article, well, I think one of the, the first five articles, wasn't it, Ed, about the Qatar 2022 World Cup. But then yeah. more recently, wrote an article about the, a special guide into the how to become a fan in the NBA after a lot of people watched The Last Dance and, and then kind of where to go to next. So, Ed, if you don't mind, well, introduce yourself and kind of give a little introduction about kind of what the article was about. Yeah, sure. Um, and thank you very much to the the genius is behind Bunny S word for having me. Yeah, so I thought the initial thing, like I, I think like every every man and their dog, apart from Tiger King, tuned into into the last dance. Um and me as quite a big NBA fan, um you, you can still find them, basically thought, yeah, there's gotta be some way I can turn this kind of thing into actually quite a big group of people I can put, maybe watch some games with. I mean it's a pretty it's a pretty solitary existence out there. I mean do you have a big NBA fan who you kind of call upon to watch the games? Yes, yeah, my, my my best buddy Mungo is kind of the only one. But like to give you a bit of a, a bit of a metaphor, being a really kind of fanatic NBA fan as an Englishman is very strange. It's kind of like I'm not sure if people have seen "I Love You, Man," but the kind of American dude, American soccer guy, who turns up in like full LA Galaxy gear. It's, I love soccer. That that guy, and it's all a bit tragic. It's a bit like the guys from the NFL coverage who are just badgers um, and kind of have been in there since day one. But but yeah, no, it's I've been a I've been a fan for a while. And how how did you yourself in. get into it? Was it because of playing? Yeah, so it was it was a bit of both, mate. My literally, I think I can remember it like it was yesterday. My first thing I watched was during the, the 2012 Olympics, USA Nigeria, and 
I mean, not a close game, not a, not a great game at all, but I literally <laughs> turned it on and it, no, it was a bloodbath, obviously. Um, and, you know, greats like Kobe Bryant, Kevin Durant, LeBron, all of them, who I, who I didn't really know at this point. You kind of, the only players you really get are kind of by osmosis via kind of jerseys you see on TV or whatever. But I, what I saw, I literally, I, I couldn't believe it. I could, it was so different to anything I'd ever seen, like cricket and football, that it's, the, the kind of athleticism is, I just didn't have a reference to it. And I was like, what the hell is this? And I basically, from there, thought, okay, I'll, I'll go and buy myself a hoop and, and try it out for myself. And yeah, took to it like a, like a duck to water. And kind of seven, eight years later, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm that guy who will kind of be, be tuning in at four in the morning and setting the alarm for like a very inconsequential game. But, but yeah, like- no, I... I don't, Sorry, I don't know if you remember, but the way in which I personally got into it, and I don't know with you, about you, Wilson, but all three of us were actually in Cusco. We were watching the Golden State Warriors with the Cavs in the playoffs. Um, I do, I do, I do indeed. Yeah, no, I was, uh, I was having a good little giggle about the other day. So there I was, like, kind of, you know, South America with the lads. It's like, am I really going to interrupt, like, two and a half of, like, the best month of these people's lives to sit down and watch an NBA game? Um, you're lucky it's only the hostel and kind of really really slightly put my neck on the line it's like these guys going to really hate me what have you made (laughs) us do we don't want to travel with you anymore but yeah luckily it was one of the best well I do do remember um, I think I think it was one of the the final games we had um, a sweepstake into um, who can get the total score of the two teams um, the closest and you as the NBA fan I think I think Sayer was um, was with Ed Sayer was with, with us at the time, and he just had absolutely no idea about the scoring system. I think he, yeah. he kind of assumed there was like <laughs> three hundred and fifty points in the game or something, and the, and the consequence was yes to yes to eat a chili, which I think resulted in yeah. throwing up. But I think, yeah, I think we, we we gambled on it for sure. I Man, I could actually eat for the next three days, which was nice. You know, the, the budget, the thrifty traveller that I am. But but yeah, um, it's but Ed, look look at, yeah. looking as um. So read your article, all great, and people watch the last dance, all great. What's what's the latest with the NBA season? What's the latest with um, you know, the next stage of coming in actual, you know, when when's it gonna be back on our screens and um, yeah, where sure. can we play so, in London um, kind of thing? Yeah, so the thirty first of, of July, end of the month, the unlike kind of other leagues that have basically got to start, it's it's a lot more close contact. So the the safety is a is a slightly bigger precaution. So there. 31st of July, down in, in Disneyland, Paris, uh, not Paris, Disneyland, Orlando, of all places, where 22 teams, the top 22 teams, obviously being invited for, well, the rest of the season. So there's eight more regular season games and then playoffs. So it basically could not be a more ideal time. So my, my advice, Wilson and, then, and Rory and anyone listening, would be, yeah, actually really getting behind it, picking a team and going kind of going from there. I know the, the S word as a, Muscle of mine dropping in a few days that will basically kind of take you through which team you might want to support. I would I would say a bit of a warning. I picked, picked probably the worst team way back in 2012 that hasn't had a winning season since I picked them. The the <laughs> illustrious New York Knicks. So maybe do a little bit better job than me. Um, <laughs> but you stayed lower, I'm sure. Yeah, I have. I have. Yeah, through, through thick and through thick and thin. But yeah, okay. it's exciting. The NBA is coming back, um, um, which is great. And one of the major major points in your article is, um, you know, the best way to kind of get into basketball is playing the game itself. I mean, I'm I'm going to wrap wrap it up here, but just think, I think you said, or maybe you got one great NBA fan in uh, in Mungo, but I feel like we should reach out to anyone listening if you are 
based in London in the coming months or something, whether there is a whether there's a court you can just kind of have a little play around or there's some sort of very, very amateur league you can potentially join. I mean, <laughs> if anyone out there listening For who sure. is keen to kind of have a have a game, um, I'm sure. Potentially um, an S word basketball team. S word <laughs> basketball team. Uh oh, I'll, I'll get going on the jerseys, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, that, thanks, Ed, for first your article back in the, the infancy of the S word, and thanks for the, the article last week. And in advance, um, if it hasn't been released already, in the, the guides to which club to support, which I'm sure everyone's going to find incredibly useful. But yeah, thanks for coming on the podcast and speak no soon. Thanks, Cheers, guys. Cheers. So that was obviously James Picton Turberville and Ed Bigot, um, two two authors for the S Word. Um, two great articles, both up on our new website. We want to take this moment to, you know, reach out to any of the S Word listeners and say, if you want to get involved, if you want to write an article, please completely feel free, get in touch. It can be on any sporting topic. And you know what? We just love reading them, don't we, Wills? Yeah, we both really like reading them. We like getting them up on the website. It seems we've had a great great reviews from the authors in terms of its for their point of view, they get to put it up on the website, get to see how many people are reading them, and it's in the hundreds, and they get good feedback themselves. So anyone's out there very keen to write an article, just get in contact. But also, regarding the S-athletes, we haven't touched on the S-athletes this, this episode, but we've had, a, I think we've had about 11 professional um, sportsmen and women who have done um, whether interviews or articles for us, and some of those have been gone through um, through some the contacts as well. I mean, shout out to... Tom Pittman, who um, he got us a, a big, a big first name in Tom Banton, which is one of my favourite kind of interviews. Um, so if anyone out there, you know, does have any connections to any sportsmen, women across literally your sports, I mean, we do like to highlight maybe that you know there may not be a, a camel camel racer, but um, there's something rogue as well as as well as just the big big sports like rugby and cricket. But yeah, it's been great for the S athletes. New website looking good. All very exciting stuff. I'm excited. And just, you know, just to say this is the series finale for the, for the podcast. However, you know, season two is under you know, planning, preparation, recording, soon to happen. So it will be back. So, Roy, how do you, um, how do you sum up the, this season of um, our podcast in, uh, in one word? From you, from your um, side or my side? Yeah, how, how would you describe this? This stop buying yourself some time. How would you describe this? Uh, the season in one word. Interesting. Oh, that is well. Okay. Well, nice. would you have one word now? Wilson? <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll try and choose a longer word. <laughs> I would choose exhilarating. Just, just being a full-on back-to-back, different sports every week, full-on, and absolutely loved it. So there we go. Exhilarating, well, one That's fine. exhilarating and interesting to us describe the podcast. I mean, That's I'm fair. sorry, I'm yeah, the S Word podcast, but yeah, thanks for everyone who's tuned in for this season, and we will hope to see you fairly soon for season two. Thanks very much. Wait, 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 Wilson, we don't see them in, in this series, <laughs> so we hope they listen to us soon. We hope to listen to us soon. Thanks very much, guys. That's-